Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Breed Faith and Creativity Podcast. I am so happy right now of the guests I get to have to share with you. My name, yes, is Dr. T. People call me Dr. T, but I'm not hung up on names. So if you say Therese, I'll still answer. My business is Breakthrough Counseling and Consulting Services. I have been in private practice for... Three years. I have been in private practice part-time for 30 years. Faith is a Christian just like yours. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So all praise to God for putting me here and giving me this opportunity. I believe that our callings are given and assigned to us at birth and early on. So all of my life in some aspect. I have always been a counselor. At a moment of wondering, what was my calling? Was I called to be a preacher or evangelist? And it was because I didn't understand that we all have a ministry. The moment we get saved, our ministry is to preach and teach the goodness of God, right? And so with that, I ended up in therapy. And so I've been a therapist for over 30 years. I retired from a state facility as a clinical director. So I've had a long history of working with people both in the church and out of the church. Do you see a similarity between people in the church and out of the church as it relates to mental health? Absolutely. They suffer from the same traumas, the same experiences. The thing is, is a lot of people in the church, because of the stigma of counseling, they don't go and talk to anyone else. People out of the church are more willing to say, hey, I need some help. I need someone to talk to. People in the church feel like I need to go to my pastor. I'm just going to whatever he says is it. And what we found and research has found, even my dictorial, that a lot of pastors don't have counseling experience. They're overwhelmed. They don't have the time to commit to help someone through a process. Because of the stigma of the church, people feel like I'm just going to go to church. That's it. It's going to if it challenges their belief. Because how can you be a Christian and believe in God and then go to a therapist? Am I really saved? Do I really know God? And the answer is, yes, you are saved and you do know God. You just need somebody else to have a conversation with. I'm having trouble sometimes helping people identify what is stigma, what is actually being a Christian. And so I have to break those things down when it comes to mental health. The Bible, what I love is that Jesus Christ was the was the greatest therapist. He was the first one, right? He tells us, as a man thinks, so are you. That that's all the whole premises of cognitive behavioral therapy. Whatever you think about and you believe, that's how you're going to respond. 
being in the church, there is a stigma I felt. And that's why I think with this podcast, if you listen to all of last year, we didn't even think that there was a ongoing theme between all of the, the episodes. But yet now, if I listen to every episode last year, the underlying theme is mental health. People are desperate. They don't know how to do it. Without counseling help, I wouldn't have been able to, to make it through. I personally called Dr. Therese off of the web. I connected with her in, what I believe it was July 2020, when it was the middle of the underbelly of the COVID situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it goes back to what you and I talked a little bit earlier in uh, Philippians when it says, be anxious for nothing. And sometimes that, that whole anxiety is you're anxious about something that has not occurred and 90% of the time it doesn't even occur. So it robs you of your present experience, your present joy by having you focus on something that probably won't even happen in the future but you anticipate that it could happen in the future and therefore you have been robbed of the present. You know, you said something earlier and I just really want to address it because it often happens with Christians uh, before they come to counseling. They get advice from our peers in the church. And sometimes if you don't really understand something, it can hurt you. And when I had my own challenges in my life, and I went to the church and I was talking to people that, you know, I felt like I was just about to lose everything. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was losing my mind. The number one saying to me was, girl, just pray about it. Let go and let God take it to the altar and leave it there. And I heard that over and over and over. And no one stopped to tell me what did that mean? Because when I took it, what I thought to the altar I still woke up in the middle of the night crying. I still woke up the next morning burdened down, unable to concentrate, feeling like I'm losing breath. And all I could hear was let go and let God, but it had no meaning because when you are in the middle of a crisis, you need steps. And I needed to know what were the steps. And sometimes that's what we miss uh, by not having a conversation with other people, by not seeing a therapist or a counselor who can give you some steps along with your scripture. So if it is, pray about it, let go and let God. That means I need to know now I've prayed about it. And every time that thought comes up, what is it I can do? What are some other distraction activities that I can engage in that will keep my mind off of it because I've surrendered it. And so that's one of the things that I love helping people do is develop what are the steps to your mantra. If you've got one that you're holding on to, let's look at it and talk about what are the steps that help you get through what you're going through. That's what we do to ourselves is we take all of that trash 
And we just keep it in us and we keep pressing it down and pressing it down. And then eventually it starts to overflow into our life. It starts to stink up our world, right? Because <laughs> that's what trash is. We throw our trash out every week because we don't want that smell. We don't want the debris. We don't want the bugs that come in with it and all of that stuff. So we set our trash out for the trash men to come get it. Our lives have to be the same thing. We can't keep putting trash in. What's in you comes out of you. And if you keep loading yourself up with the negative thoughts, loading yourself up with the negative behavior, then that's what's going to come out of you. And that's no different whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian. You load yourself up with junk, you're going to get junk. And so what counseling, what therapy does is it helps you unload that trash, unload those stinking thinkings that keep us bound. And we know that God came to give us life and give us life abundantly. That means an abundance of peace and joy. And when we don't accept that as Christians, that's where the problem is. Now, for an unbeliever, they just need to know about the hope. They just need to know, is there something else out there better? Is there when we talk about our faith, that's believing in something greater than you. And for me, that greater than me is God, but also his greatness and his power is in me. And he utilizes me to help other people see where hope is and point them to him. How has what you've done or doing helped your own self-care? And have you seen your art being healing to others? I think that it was important to address during the pandemic because behaviors were surfacing that hadn't that had been um, muted and had been suppressed for a long time. They started manifesting more, and we had people that felt that they weren't as important. We had people that because we started using words like, you know. Only certain people would have could have their jobs, right? We call them our heroes, our essential workers. And so if I didn't work in what was a job perceived to be essential, does that mean I'm not important? I consider all of our jobs in America essential that we need, right? So we had people that were dealing with their self-esteem issues that had been suppressed before because a lot of people weren't feeling that great about themselves and the jobs they, they were doing. And then we start closing them. So they weren't essential. They weren't important. Then we had behaviors where people would normally have an outlet for aggression to take it somewhere else, had to contain it within the walls of their home. That's why I think I was so many months ago. It was, it was like freeze mode. You couldn't feel like you couldn't leave your house. But then when you realize that you could leave your house, you could go take a walk. At that point, for me, I took three hour walks sometimes. And, and that was when I got in, most in fitness is because I was. You wake up. What are you going to do today? Well, I could clean my house three times. My brother once said, he said, you must have the cleanest house on the block because every time I talk to you, you're cleaning your house. It's because you you have to feel like you're doing something 
And then some days it was like you you move from the couch to the chair to the chair to the couch, the couch to the chair to the chair to the couch. And, it, and it's like a cartoon. You always told me discover new horizons. So one day I sat in my backyard and I realized how, what a beautiful backyard I had. And, and I never, that's one of the results of the pandemic is you realize you don't realize what you have until it's all you have. And then we had people that were already isolated and lonely, now even more isolated and feeling alone and abandoned. So we started to have a lot of different behaviors that were coming to the surface that before you could hide and not do it. And people wouldn't really know that, you know, you were a fighter or you were a drinker or how depressed you were. You kind of surfaced it until you couldn't hide it anymore. And it became stronger and stronger. And it still is. And people are dealing with stigmas even more so because now if you caught COVID, people were coming at you like you were, you had the plague. No one wanted to really be around you. And so mental health became extremely important that what are you doing to feel good about yourself? What are you doing to take care of yourself? I mentioned to you that you had someone on your podcast that was talking about just good health in general. It became really important that we learn what is good health. Health is not only, okay, I don't eat fat food, but health is, am I stimulating my brain? Am I getting my cardio going? We all were designed to be around people, to socialize. How do we get that need met in our lives? A lot of things about healthcare arose to the top of the, the I guess what would say top of the ladder because people were not taking good care of themselves. We went in panic mode. And when you are in a freeze mode, you can't process and do anything. The pandemic didn't just bring bad things out to the surface. It brought some really good things out. And the number one thing that it brought out was rest, mindfulness and rest. And we as people move so fast, especially California, we're moving so fast. We don't really appreciate the scenery. We don't know how to relax. You know, the average person, especially uh, people that go get their nails, manicures and stuff like that done. And I was guilty of it. I go get a pedicure and I'm sitting there reading my text messages. I'm doing my emails. It's supposed to be about relaxing and self-care. And so what the pandemic did for a lot of people too, was it taught them slow down, breathe, just chill. What does it feel like to be with yourself? Mm, And that's deep because people don't want to be with themselves and you find out things about yourself when you're with yourself. But the other thing was, is that you started feeding yourself different. Right. Remember, we talked about what's in you will come out. I think we use the analogy of the trash can and putting stuff in, but it boils down to what you eat, you become. If you eat negativity, that's what you will become. But when you eat of the word of God, when you eat of his love and know who he is, that's what you become loving. And you learn to love yourself like Christ loves us. 
And you then you learn how to love other people. And when you have anxiety, anxiety is, is you know, fear, walking in fear, but it's also dealing with loss. And when you lose things, there's feelings that come with that, behaviors that align with that. And you started feeding yourself more God and you start finding yourself because you start seeing yourself how God sees you. And that's where change comes in. When you remember who you are, the game will change. When you know who you are in Christ, your life will change. But you got to know who you are. That's the letting go. That. That's one of those that when we talked about cliches, you know, let go, let God. And what does that mean? So if you're in the midst of something and if we're talking Christians, then you don't know what let go and let God is because the crisis mode of you, the anxious mode of you won't allow you to realize let go means don't answer that call. Maybe delete this person out of your phone to remove the temptation. Give yourself a prompter, uh, a reminder. You know me and my stickies right all over the house. His track record is perfect. Ours isn't. And it's okay. And that's what we need to know. It is okay not to be okay. It's okay to make mistakes. The, The challenge is, is you just don't stay there. You don't stay in that place of brokenness, that place of sin, that place of hurt. You have to level up. Learning to enjoy the here and the now. And that's what we we talked about. The pandemic is that whole level of just learning how to rest, learning how to do nothing or learning to appreciate some of just the simple things. And we can see God in every single thing that we look at around the world. But we got to make sure we don't miss the signs like your pastor preached about. There's a sign to see God and see his beauty and see his love. He loved us enough to create these things. And sometimes we just, we overlook it because we're moving too fast. Slow down. The final thing I'd like to do with you is something we always do with all of our guests, and you've probably heard about it. It's called the lightning round. Oh, boy. All the guests say that, and it it ends up being a a really fun thing. You willing to play? Yes. Here we go. Rock music or opera? Opera. Vanilla ice cream or chocolate? Vanilla. Mozart? Or ACDC? Mozart. Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Walt Disney World. Garlic bread or bread with butter? Gotta be the bread and butter. Flat iron steak or a filet mignon? Filet mignon. Bugs Bunny or Porky Pig? Bugs Bunny. God's love? Or God's love. God's love. Boom. That's called the lightning round. I like it. I like it. And it didn't hurt. (laughs) 
So as we wrap up today, how can people contact you if they are interested in possibly having sessions? One, you can go to my website, which is BreakthroughCounselingServices.com. Also, you can email me at BreakthroughCC. That's cat cat breakthrough. It's all one word, lowercase breakthrough CC at mail, M A I L dot com. We don't have a, a lot of people say, Hey, it was a Gmail. No, it's mail. So it's breakthrough CC at mail dot com. Or you can call my line, which is 310-977-2561. And I just would like people to know that change can happen. You just got to be a part of it and be willing is there is hope out there and that your life can change if you want it to change. And that's what we do. That's what my, my ministry, my business is, is breakthrough. Breaking through means leveling up. And I want everyone to know that there are safe places that you can go so you can grow. And and that's what my business does. And I'm sure a lot of the other uh, Christian therapists business, that's what they do. And remember, in all you're getting, get an understanding, because when you understand what's going on in your life, then you begin to change. And I love someone put it on Facebook and I saw it and I've kind of taken it. It says, when you remember who you are the game will change. When you know who you are in Christ, your life will change. But you got to know who you are. 